Michael DeMersiman and some friends happened to be driving behind a police cruiser on Omaha Street the night of June 9th. When floodwaters lifted and spun the police car toward them, Michael's night took a harrowing turn. My name is Michael Burt DeMersiman, and I live in Rapid City. And uh, that afternoon of the flood, I went to the airport to pick up a fella by the name of Gordon Jadeen, who had just flown in his little Mooney, because that evening we were going to have our political wake, because I had lost the Republican primary the Tuesday before to Jim Abner. Gordon had flown me around the state in his little Mooney, and we were going to have our wake party at John and Catherine Cochran's place after the election. So I picked him up at the airport where he'd flown in, and he said, uh, Michael, I haven't seen clouds stacked like this before. They were coming from the, from the west and the south. And he says, they're unbelievably high, and it had just started to sprinkle. And we went to Cochran's where we were going to have... I guess we'd call it a spaghetti party, spaghetti and wine party. And the rain kept coming and kept coming. And the uh, one of the people at the party managed the hospital at Bennett Clarkson on the west side of Rapid City. And he'd received the call, and they were worried about the extent of the water rising in that area. John Cochran said, well... I will take you out. So uh, the manager of the hospital and his and his wife and Gordon Shadeen and I and John Cochran were uh, eventually in the uh, John's. It was a white Cadillac convertible. And uh, in the trunk were all my uh, campaign records. And I think 46 or $64 I had left in the campaign. But we started down Omaha Street and the cop car was ahead of us. And my classmate of 57 from Central High School was the uh, cop in the car, Tommy Hennies, and another officer. And when their car started to float and our footing didn't feel very good, the water was knee high or maybe higher getting that way. But there was tremendous amount of debris in the water and it was, it was very loud. Tom called back and said that uh, we were in trouble and they backed, they they were going to back a fire truck up to where we were. So they got out of the cop car uh, as the fire truck was coming up from behind us, backing up to us. And uh, we got out of the car and one of the officers said, lady, forget your happy umbrella, get out of the car and get on the back of that fire truck. And uh, we did. And the fire truck started then to move east. And we were on the back of the fire truck. And uh, there was a, I remember there was a guy named Woody on the, that, for the fire department on the fire truck. I can't remember his last name. But we were going back, had just started back, and Gordon Gene thought he saw a child or something in the water. And he went off the back of the truck and he was nudged or pushed by things in the water. And I went off and got Gordon by his nylon jacket. And we, we turned with the water. You didn't want to fight it because there was too much stuff in it that could, could hurt you. When we got on the back of the truck, his little nylon jacket was just one rope knot between my fist and his shoulders. But we got back without any trouble. But the uh, there was so much debris in the water and noise and the hissing of propane tanks and the creaking and cracking of, of things breaking up and pieces of, of building going by. 
when we got to the corner of West Boulevard and Omaha Street, there was a filling station on the southwest corner. And um, Gordon kicked open the door. It was closed. And he got on a payphone. And he talked very fast. And he said, this is Gordon Jadine. And he gave some kind of an identification number that the news services had. And he said, I see a man in a tree across the road with a a natural gas fire behind him outlining and he's jumping around in a, in the tree and the guy looked like a monkey in, in the tree and uh, while we were talking then a guy drove a jeep pickup up to the bridge started across the bridge uh, the water and debris caught him turned the pickup down into the creek and we never we never saw that again but uh, Gordon talked very fast and, and gave a report on Rapid City, and I don't know whether somebody thought he was drinking or something, but I don't think anybody paid attention to that report that he made to the National Wire Service until later in the days when someone else uh, said what was going on. The little houses that were on Omaha Street, on the north side of Omaha Street, there were a series of little houses, and George Hill owned those and they were gone. George Hill was an Oneida and he was married to Elizabeth Yellowbird Steele, Grandma Lizzie. And I knew these people and they'd worked with my parents. And uh, in fact, I had planted a garden right there with him, but they were completely gone. And uh, later we helped Lizzie get a house, a larger home in, in North Rapid. But it was really rough. Funny the things you remember, but the noise was one thing that that you don't forget. And I'd had a kind of a loose cotton sweater on and it looked like I was wearing a uh, miniskirt. It stretched down all, almost to my knees. And uh, I changed clothes then and went to the courthouse and received calls and helped handle some calls because as a lawyer, I knew quite a few people in the, in the courthouse. And on the other end of the line at KOTA was Rob DeWall and he was also a classmate from Central. We were in the same homeroom. He'd worked for KOTA quite some time. And uh, and then it was daylight. They marked many death certificates as death by drowning that were really more injuries. Cochran's uh, worked in the in the mortuary after that time. But uh, it was something you'll never, never forget. Despite the common themes and some shared experiences among the survivors, each story stands on its own because each offers a perspective as unique as the individual sharing it. We thank this episode's guests for sharing their memories and observations regarding the events of the night of June 9, 1972, and its lingering aftermath. If you have a personal account of your experience during the flood of 72 that you would like to share, we'd like to hear your story. Contact the Rapid City Public Library at 605 394 6139 or email ask at rcplib.org.